Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, DJs and DJs of the future. This episode of the podcast is supported by Doing the Damage, the only DJ pool focused exclusively on house and dance music, supplying the best remixes, bootlegs, mashups and exclusive promos from their global network of DJs, producers and labels. Check it out now at doingthedamage.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast on iTunes, Spotify and on Mixcloud. Simply search Felix Leiter in the house. In this episode, I talk to Rory Lynham about the Dublin club scene, his residency at some of the city's finest venues and his connections with UMF Croatia. Rory is a legend in Dublin and has used his status to help many young Irish DJs play at Ultra Europe, developing their careers and giving them valuable experience. Rory is a children and a fantastic DJ, so let's get right into it. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Okay, uh, I'm in Dublin still. Pretty much the same dog in position, but a different car. Makes me feel pretty dirty, to be honest. I'm with Rory Lyman. Now, I just asked, is that as in Des Lynham? Yeah. I said it wrong the first time. Yeah. And Lyman. you said... That's my dad's cousin. Blow my mind before yeah. we even start. My brother actually works for the BBC. So. Before we even get into music, that's blown my mind. Um, okay, so yes, yeah, so we're here with Rory, and we're gonna we're gonna go into it again. We're on a bit of a limited time frame, but we're gonna just kick off with sort of the way we always start, which is like, what do you remember as the first kind of memories of music? Really, like, where who was listening to music? Was it your parents? Was it an older brother or sister? Was it the car? Like, do you, just where do you remember hearing? Not so much dance music, but just where oh, do you yeah, remember yeah, hearing? Yeah, no, no, I mean, dance music would have been much later on. Yeah. I mean, uh, initially, I, I would have been fed bloody the Bee Gees. Uh, big, my mum was a big Bee Gees fan. My dad was mad into traditional Irish music. Um, he was friends. He worked for Bird Fulcher, so he had friends in the with the Chieftains, the Wolf Tones, and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I mean, we listened to all sorts of. I suppose you could say crap, but like, I mean, it was great. Like the Beatles would have been definitely a stalwart in the family house. Uh, uh, bloody Christa Berg. The Bee Gees uh, soundtracks were a big thing. Yeah, I mean, you know yourself. Back then, I mean, there was nothing really entertainment-wise. You know, there might be one movie every week on yeah. TV. So music really played a huge part. I think of everyone's. Childhood. Were your parents musical, or did they have a record nothing. collection, or like? Um, not, not really. No, I mean, I mean, it was uh, it was a friend, or it was my mum's best friend's son who uh, had all the Beatles collection and we used to holiday together so we got right. to hear all the stuff then uh, it, my parents no, not musical at all okay. uh, same with myself, in fact I, I got my fortune told when I was about 18 and the fortune teller And uh, I saw your face change so I'm like, <laughs> okay Roar <laughs> uh, but uh, this one was so accurate. It, it's uncanny. Like, she's told me stuff that has just sailed through. I've never gone to a fortune teller like it since. I think I went to one who was just so dodgy. It was incredible. Like, just got everything wrong. Like, she just about got my gender. Uh, <laughs> but, like, she... Uh, uh, this one was just spot on. And she said... 
she said a few things to make me think, okay, this she knows stuff about me. And then she said, look, I see your future in the music uh, business. And she said, but you don't play an instrument. And I said, no. And she goes, and I don't think you can sing. I said, certainly not. <laughs> and uh, she said, and because this before DJing was anything. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have been registered on anything. She said, look, I can't explain it, but your future's in the music. So uh, I don't even know the lady's name, but, you know, fair play. So, so then... <laughs> We're going to do this in like it's the same structure, but I'm going to going to yeah. fly through it a bit. Yeah. When do you then? Is it? Do you then sort of discover dance music, or do you discover DJing first? Because it doesn't dance always. Dance music. Yeah, because it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, Some people yeah, sort of yeah, discover. Yeah. I mean, I you know in a way probably discovered DJing probably slightly before I fully discovered dance music yeah, in some yeah, respects. Yeah. But so and, and obviously just being speaking to John, he kind of named a certain record. I think it was like um, Technotronic or something. But what do you remember as being that moment or that record Trigger. or that... Yeah, what was that thing that you... Can you go back to okay, and go... OK, I, I, I can. I mean, it would have been around the time of the first Renaissance album, Sasha and Digweed. OK. Uh, which uh, I now have signed by the two lads yeah. uh, in recognition of them pushing me. And also, um, and, and not many people know this, The Essential Mix, it used to be a collection of, of CDs, yeah. and there was one with... Sasha, Carl Cox, Pete Tong, and Paul Oakenfold. Where have they gone? Where have they gone? Well, you know, who's heard of them even? <laughs> and uh, anyway, it was actually, of all three, and uh, like, I mean, I, I do like all those DJs, definitely, it was actually Paul Oakenfold's okay. mix. It just, it started off, um, it just, everything flowed, and it was the soundtrack. I, I went away to America and we went on a road trip with my mates, and every morning when we set off, we'd, we'd start off with that. And it was just incredible. And I think it was that uh, at the time I was working in. Would it have been on a tape or would it have been on a CD? It would have been on a CD. Yeah, CD. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Like a lot yeah. of people, like a lot of people that I've done this podcast with, and yeah. myself, and even friends. Everyone sort of like seems to have this like. It's less of like a record sometimes. It's more of a mix. Yeah, yeah, and everyone goes, uh, yeah, I just yeah. remember that mix. Like, yeah, I, had it, yeah, I go back yeah. to this like bonkers mix, which I think was like okay, Hicks and, right, Hicks yeah, and Darren yeah, Styles. Yeah. 150 BPM. Which, which yeah, I just yeah. got signed by Darren Styles yeah, about, yeah. You know, about six months ago. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, can you? And I brought in this wow, bonkers tape. Do you know what I mean? And he was laughing his head off. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, yeah. paradise and dreams. <laughs> But like yeah, and it's funny, and a lot of people go back to this this mix yeah, yeah, that yeah. they just listen to oh, it, it over calls, and over yeah, and over calls, again. I, I I bought the essential mix and been given a gift of it by another DJ because I was just going mad trying to find yeah. it again. Same at Renaissance. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few that I've bought over and over again because I've just listened to them till they're dead. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I think it was that. And at the time I was working in Irish pubs in Germany. And I, yeah, and I just started doing the music in the pubs. They okay. asked me just out of look, we're we're too busy to do the music. Will you do the music? Why? Uh, just just uh, yeah. We'll get. Why are you yeah. in Germany? Uh, just uh, my mum was opening an Irish pub at the time, okay. and she basically sent me. Uh, before that, I was working in Euro Disney, Disneyland okay. Paris. Okay, I was part of the opening crew there. Okay, it was just another podcast we'll altogether. We'll save that for yeah. the Disneyland podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we did the. Uh, yeah, I was over in Germany. I was there for two years before she opened the pub, so wow. I got plenty of experience in cool. and the other pubs. But I, I went, yeah, from that pub to another pub, and they essentially hired me on the basis of me being able to play the music okay. because the music was spot on. Like when you say play the music, are we talking about a DJ set up with? We're, no, uh, we are talking are you, about two uh, domestic CD uh, players like, playing the pause. But you are like you are literally playing one wreck into another. You're oh, not completely. Just, you're yeah. not just putting one like album on oh, or anything. Oh, oh yeah, no. I mean, it had to be a uh, sorry. I don't know why this. Uh, would the engine with that? Uh, it's all right, let's go. Okay, that's cooler. Okay, we we'll get the aircon on now. All right. um, 
Yeah, I was wondering why it was. It's hot dogging. It gets hot dogging. <laughs> it does. You don't have to tell me, man. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, it was just uh, basically, uh, you know, and it could be, you know, 70s, 60s, 80s but, but music. You're not serving drinks behind the bar. I was, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was pouring the drinks going out of the bar to serve them and sometimes in the summer you would go out onto the street and I would have to have in my head Jesus there's only about 30 seconds and left and that's all yeah that's go amazing. back change me this is where I learned I pressure love yeah I yeah because yeah. I, I, I've regularly described DJing as just a countdown to silence yeah like okay. especially now like I mean obviously you know with a with bit of vinyl you'd see the needle you know, yeah, yeah. You, know you know coming in yeah. um, but like now with CDJs and stuff yeah, just yeah. count down to silence yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. you don't put that next record oh, yeah. on no I was just aware of the songs going that song uh, whatever lyric it's at I'm like yeah. shit there's about 30 seconds <laughs> left so I'd be like uh, people trying to pay their money looking for the thing I'll be back to you in a second run and it changed yeah. me yeah I learned pressure and speed there okay. uh, definitely and um, yeah, and then I, when I went on to uh, work to my mum's pubs for a few years, I always did the music, and then I started supplying the music via mini discs uh, to all the pubs in so the. So how were you doing that? Uh, I, I basically managed to persuade all of these pub owners to buy mini disc players. Right. Give me the mini disc players for two weeks. I stacked about eight of them on top of each other, and connected them all. What so I'd record doing... one thing, and it would record right the way through. And then did you earn money off that? Were you then? Oh yeah, I was. Charging through the teeth nice. for it, like yeah, yeah. Well, very probably was very I reasonable. At that, like I've always, I'm always on for a scheme and that. Yeah. And I was like, a couple of years ago, I was looking into that, into like how you would supply music to. Because I used to work in a phone shop years ago. Yeah, yeah, we used, yeah. There was a box above somewhere, and we used to get sent this like CD that wouldn't open, oh, yeah. and you like put it in, yeah, and like. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, I mean, obviously now it's all sewn up by yeah, big, yeah. big business, but that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. No, so I did that, and actually, I that, love the fact you had eight stacked up. Oh, completely oh, recording, oh, recording oh, yeah. what you were doing oh, over I, one I, night. I was far cuter that's back amazing. then than I am now. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So got them to pay for the equipment I had to use to make the things so uh, yeah so, um, so, I, so, then, so at this point you sort of at this point you've not really gone I'm going to become a DJ no, no. you're just basically gigging around yeah, having a nice music. time yeah, you know yeah. doing some and, music and, 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 and what happens you, you get people coming in saying oh you should be a DJ you know and you yeah. know in one ear out the other and then eventually I'm just thinking do you know something? I might give it a go. You know why not? So, so, so how does how does that transformation happen then? Like, at what point do you get do you get actual DJ equipment or do you? I, that's exactly what I, I was in Germany, so I could get it much cheaper in Germany okay. than I could. And because of my mum's pub, she was able to take the vat off that. Okay. So uh, I got uh, the Denon two thousand. Uh, not F. It was a is that serious a, is that, console. Is that, is that a double like? Oh, CD? it's a do- double console. Basically, you have uh, a, a trays, console where you a tray where yet. you stick the CD in, yep. and then this one, this controller was about this size. There was, was a, a sampler on it. And, yeah, there yeah. was a sampler on it. It like had more stuff than I knew how to work out. But it, it played songs in reverse, like lyrics in reverse. Wow. And so, yeah, it was really ahead of its time. And uh, when the jog wheel's broken, that was the end of that. Oh. <laughs> no one could fix it. It was too too high tech. But, like. but you are then at this point, like, in advert commas, DJing. No, no, this was literally, I would say, a, a about a week or two before I left Germany. I'd okay. already decided I'm going to be a DJ. Okay. I knew I needed the equipment. I bought the equipment there. Managed to persuade someone to bring me home in a car, so I brought all my belongings, okay. the DJ equipment, the huge speakers, the amplifier, the whole lot when went home. When you say home, do you mean Dublin? Dublin, yeah. So, let's go back. Let's see if you can do it. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to being in that car. Yeah. 
packed full of DJ stuff and your life yes. stuff. You're driving across Europe, yeah. aiming for Dublin. Yeah. Have you got a fucking plan? No. <laughs> not even not, not, not even slightly. I had a few quid left over after uh, Germany, after I bought the decks and stuff like that. So I decided I was a shit-hop barman because... Germany had forced me into that and I said I'll get a job in the biggest nightclub in Dublin which would have been the Red Box Pod and uh, I went in there and asked for a job just as a barman get my foot in the door and and that's exactly what it was Uh, worked there and uh, got chatting to one of the DJs and he How long long did your patience hold out for? for Oh it it was at least two months Really? (laughs) Two months and I was in the door and I was resident in the red box Uh, Yeah 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 and um, So how did that like just because I love stuff like this Yeah How did that like from that conversation with one of the the current DJs Yeah yeah How did that Go like were you like oh, I'm a DJ? No, no, no. Well, I've always yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't like to burn bridges, and I, I would say to any young DJ, and you, I'm sure, see it. There's the wrong attitude when they're approaching people. I would have probably gone up to that DJ a few times. Hey, how are you? Spoke to him. Wouldn't have mentioned anything else. Being nice. And then when I did want to talk to him about it, he was willing to listen, yeah. you know. And uh, said it to him. He said he'd give me a go. Uh, the first. Uh, first time I played in the red box, I com- uh, played what he would call a completely inappropriate set, and on reflection, he was right. You know, I was playing Sasha and going for it, you know, and this kind of a student night, you know. And he's like, "Mate, you're going to have to definitely uh, hone that back," <laughs> which that. which I did. And, Just uh, there with Scotch, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, and anyway uh, I did that and then with that in mind I went on to another place Major Tom's was a big okay. party type venue in yeah. Dublin um, it was Stephen Cooper talked about did it did he? Yeah. Now, yeah. it was it, it set, launched an awful lot of Irish DJs yeah. it was seven nights a week it was packed uh, yeah. seven nights a week Matt Givens, I remember, he was just the best and probably still is the best party DJ around. Uh, John, I'm sure, would actually know Matt. He's from Carlo as well. Yep. And, Are they uh, related? Uh, no. No, Givens and Oh, sorry. Gibbons. Ah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. A, sorry. yeah, no, no. It's my pronunciation. <laughs> just my, my ears. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so it uh, started there. Uh, or no, Synets, which was connected to it. It was Capital Bars. Basically did a gig there. Went well. They asked me to do Major Tom's. That went well. And the reason I got the gigs was I went in during the day. Again, advice for young people. Spoke to a head barman and said, look, who's the best person to get yeah. in contact about gigs? Yeah. They gave me the name of the agent. Uh, got in touch with him. He said he'd give me a shot here. Worked out. Then he gave me a I do think it's like a, just a, such a different place now. Like, I mean, I got the first time I got to DJ in clubs, I, I worked as a glass collector. Yeah. Worked as a barman. I was terrible at both. And the owner of the venue basically was like, we used to get paid on a Saturday night yeah. when we cleared yeah, up. Yeah. And I used to play on the decks. Yeah. And then after a few weeks doing that, he went, oh, you can DJ. Come yeah. and do the first hour on a Tuesday. Yeah. And it was like, so that was, you know, wow. similar to your yeah, way. Yeah. But then even like when I moved to London, we just touched this on doing this with John. So I'd done quite well in when I was on Carlisle. Yeah. Similar thing with John, like yeah. a small place, you know, a couple of clubs, a couple of bars, was doing okay. Went to university in London, you know, turned up in London, had no idea what was going on. Walked into the Sports Cafe um, on Haymarket. And there was a reception there. I'd been in there for half an hour. Yeah. I thought the DJ wasn't very really good. Yeah. So I went up to the reception and just said, yeah. like, 
how do I get to DJ here? Yeah. And she said, oh, you were DJ? And I was like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, I was. But she was like, all right, yeah. I'll take your, your name and number. Someone yeah. called me and I got a gig. I don't think that would happen now. No, like, no. Because there's, there's 100,000 people yeah, who tell you they're yeah, a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just don't think as many people at the point you're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. and that I can remember yeah. would have said... Oh, completely. You know, I mean, everything's a... changed. In fact, I saw a comment on Facebook from a guy, a DJ I met over at Ultra Europe saying, I don't know why DJs who don't make their own music even have the right to comment. And you're like, hold on a second, mate. You're a producer, you know, uh, and you can produce and be a DJ, but there's no rules ever. In fact, DJs were there before, yeah. you know, they started um, you know, having to produce, also, you know. Let's, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But um, so, so you start into get a foothold in Dublin. Yeah. Like, we've got a couple of residencies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what are the next sort of stages, or what's happening, like... Well, I, I, I always, I mean, you know, young, free and single, I'd always go out and, and watch the, the main DJs in, like, it was Paddy Sheridan, Robbie Butler were the main DJs in um, the pod and the red box, you know? So I'd always go up, and I'd always politely ask the DJs, sorry, what are you playing? Back then, it was a case of, you know, only three DJs in Ireland might have that song, yeah. you know? So going into Abbey Discs, which I'm sure has been mentioned yeah. numerous times, you'd, you oh, would okay. go in on a, on a Saturday or whatever. For me, it was any day of the week. I'm quite happy to go in. And, uh, and you'd find out what songs were there. And you'd know there's only a couple of them out, so you, you would hear a DJ playing going, oh, he's got good taste. Whereas now, obviously, you know, you hear a good song, you can download it instantly. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, like something... Kind of takes the uniqueness totally away. Totally different yeah, in the sense yeah. that, you know, Lola's theme was always brought up. Those records that kind of, like, existed yeah. but no-one had. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then yeah. no-one had them for months and months yeah. and months. And yeah. then, you know, it's like, so it's, it, it doesn't... That doesn't... Uh, in fact, actually, sorry, when I came back from Germany, I just had picked up a copy of... Protect Your Mind, is that okay. it? Uh, uh, the one that samples Braveheart. Yeah. And that became so big. And it was a friend of mine, Peter G, also a DJ. He said, Rory, they are going bananas everywhere trying to get this song. It's not going to be out here for months. Play it everywhere. If you're playing a beach party and just, there's old people there, play it. Crazy. Just let people know that you have this tune, you it's, know? I'm not, I'm not one to do the whole, like... Oh, you know, it was better in my day, or wasn't it mm. better? I'm not one for that at all. No. Like, I'm, I'm always. But it was. But, <laughs> but no, but I, I do miss. I do miss. So, so where we've, if I always balance things off really, yeah. like with this like past versus present yeah. thing. I always go, oh, we lost that like that Lola's theme, that yeah. white label. But then what we have now is like a lot of different remixes of any record that yeah. comes out, yeah. which can suit a lot of different DJs. Yeah. Yeah. And even like I'll play, you know, I mean, Reduce is an easy one to pick on because, yeah. It's, yeah. because it's come out now. I must personally have like twenty remixes of it, yeah. you know, that yeah. I've found. Yeah. Yeah. And so, some people go, that's too many. But I'll use different remixes at different Depending points on the of venue. the night. Or yeah, even different yeah, points yeah, in the night. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and as a resident, like I'm, I'm sure you know, like you're trying to keep things fresh. Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah, even yeah, week yeah. to week, I'll use different yeah, mixes different of the same oh, track yeah, at a different yeah. point in the night to create a different energy. Completely. So, I mean, as much as I kind of miss that, like, you know, the hype around a record or like I mean even again another good example is that Ecstasy that Slado just released it was like I was seeing videos of them playing it like as far back as two weeks ago yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean then it got <laughs> promoed last week and then it's out on yeah. Friday you know today or yeah. something and, and it's like, and whereas, like oh I'm sick of it yeah yeah whereas <laughs> yeah. like do you know what I mean, whereas, I mean I'm sure Lola's team was around for about a year yeah, yeah, before yeah, yeah, it yeah. was you know and then you hear like again I always shout out Ridney and his podcast like a dance hit thing you remember things like synth and strings and like these kind oh, of records yeah, yeah, which yeah. like Jules would play yeah, and yeah. then like 
He'd be on the radio for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then, like, Jules and Seb and, like, oh, yeah. those guys would play yeah. it, like, in the clubs for, like, yeah. three months. And you're going mad and, trying and, to get <laughs> promo. Like, you're like, and, and, then, yeah, and then eventually, like, a th- three or four white labels would go yeah. to each yeah, re- yeah. cool record shop. Yeah, each, yeah, yeah. And then they're kept under the counter yeah, yeah. for the best DJs yeah. in that city. Yeah, yeah. And then, so it's like, this it's is just it's building it's and building and building. I know, And then you're, like, you're in the club going, he's playing it, he's playing it. It's so true. And then you just can't have that now. And we don't have that anymore. Like, we don't have that, like, level of vibe. Yeah, no, I. And I agree with you with the whole looking back, uh, you know, with rose tinted glasses. You know, I mean, I bought, you know, I was buying like one song for fifteen pounds, you know, and like, much as I was delighted to have that <laughs> uniqueness, you know, yeah. it's nice to get them for, you know, a quid, you know. So I mean, and then you know, you get your promos and stuff like that. But like, you know, I I remember going into the likes of BMG and Universal, Sony. And going in and just coming out with a big stack of CDs yeah. or records or whatever, both, you know. And uh, now, you know, a lot of the time you can't be arsed even opening the thing, you yeah. know, because you have to comment and stuff like that. And and that's 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 me being bad, you know, that I was willing to well, drive in physically to get the things, but yet I I, I have a promo here and I, I just kind of. But mm. there is less of a filter now, like. And I don't want this to become just two old bitter DJs whinging because <laughs> it could really quickly. But there's just, and it, it's also difficult for like for people who are making music now as well to get heard. Yeah. But there's just so much fucking music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's so easy. I mean, I've heard records before and I've gone, I would give body parts yeah, to have made yeah, that record yeah, yeah, and yeah. no one's fucking heard it and no one's heard I it love, it's not I, a big track I don't know why that is and it's, like, it's just so much fucking music I, I, yeah I, I mean I, I, I was after a track that I wanted to play on the fucking resistance stage at Ultra Europe yeah. and I got in touch with Tool Room Tracks and they never responded like you know but what I track was it? it was um, There's No City Like and then in brackets Miami oh, okay. Uh, right, and okay. it's by Kim Kinium, okay, or Canium, and it's fantastic. It's perfect. It's just a perfect tech house track. Yeah, and there was another song as well, uh, Gingoba or Gingoba. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that. Both of them are out today. I was like, you know, a week late, too late. You it's, know, so I, mean, I did ask for it, but they didn't get a response. I asked someone else, and they weren't on the mailing list, and they were asking someone else, and I was like, ah, oh, do you know what? It's just not going to get played. So <laughs> let's talk. Because I asked you this when I got in the car. Let's talk about. Ultra Europe yeah. in oh, Croatia. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Whereabouts in Croatia is it? It's in Split. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That so, what I asked up. you was, and yeah. this will take you yeah, right back yeah, to the yeah. start, because I see lots of people that I know, half know, um, I'm aware of saying, oh, I'm going to play. Yeah, so, yeah. so, I got the kind of, I was like, how come all the Irish DJs? Yeah, yeah, I'm so, getting out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, so uh, I, I, I basically just saw a thing for Ultra Europe um, uh, advertising for the first year. So, how many uh, years ago was this, maybe? I think it was, I'm trying to think if it was 2012 or. Okay. Yeah, 2012, I think. And uh, I, I checked it out, and uh, I got on the Facebook page, and I literally just asked, listen, who do I contact about uh, um, artists to play at the festival? And they gave me an email, and the email they gave me was the director of Ultra Europe. Okay. And uh, I emailed him and basically went out on a limb and just sent him my kind of CV type thing. Um who I played with, where I played, sent him a mix, uh, photographs, logo, the lot, and uh, then sent a follow-on email, and I was literally just downloading tracks with a mate of mine, good friend of mine, and I went, oh, 
my God, except far cruder. Uh, I, I got a mail saying, listen, we'd love to support you. Uh, we can put you on the UMF stage. That's uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. But so, I also think it's a very good, even in this day and age... To be nice and uh, marketing but, but, and... But, yeah. but, it's, but it's even in this day and age, that is you've possible. got a knock on doors. Like, like you saw an advert yeah. and you just fucking... Got dragged yeah. the email but they down. weren't advertising for, no, for no, DJs. No, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I just saw this festival's yeah, happening. Because I, yeah. I think a lot of people... Don't know where to start. No, and they, they, they sometimes think, because of this Instagram age of which we now live, that things are just gifted to people yeah, or yeah, things yeah. are just easy for yeah, everyone. Yeah. And, you know, I've knocked on a lot of doors, as yeah. everyone has. A yeah. lot of those doors have not been opened or have been shut pretty quickly. But if you don't keep knocking, yeah. you're never going to get no, of course a, not. So, a, a break. So I, I, I went out on a limb with that. And, um, so you went I, out first year? Uh, I went out first year. On your year. own? No, uh, there was two lads came out with me who were uh, entertainment officers in colleges who okay. had hired me previous. And, uh, but just pals, not DJs, just just like just pals, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, when they heard I uh, I got the slot, they were like, right, we're going over. And then we found out there was another group, about ten other Irish, going over. But in total, you know, you saw one or two tricolours, and that was kind of it, you know. So the second year, uh, uh, the gig of, went how, great, by the way. Yeah, how, how sort of big was it that first year? It was huge, yeah. Oh, so even, was, that, even that first yeah, year, yeah, just, it, it just it, landed it, and was it, massive. Yeah, it, right. it, it, it was big. Like, I mean, was it sold out? No. But, uh, you know, it was big. It was in a huge stadium, you know. Uh, you know, there would have been about 100,000 people. Uh, so, uh, it was big. And um, I basically went up and everyone was playing EDM. And, you know, I had my playlist sign up. I literally threw the playlist out the window and went, right, I'm going to go. And I kicked off with um, uh, a remix. And don't ask me who's done this remix, but I play it everywhere and it's just gone down the tree. And people think I'm hiding. I'm like, no, I'll give you the song. I just don't know who did it. Like, And uh, it was uh, Zombie Nation. Okay. And as soon as they heard, yeah. people start running towards the stage. It was just something different that they had, like everything else was, wah, 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 yeah. you know? And, uh, and I said, right, I'll go with this. And just went with it. Obviously, true in EDM tracks, big room tracks. But uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Amazing. Loved it. And um, they asked me back the following year and then um, uh, said, look, uh, you know, would you be interested in, um, you know, helping to, like, promote the festival? Or, in Ireland. Pr- pr- it, was, it wasn't even promote the festival as such as, uh, like, uh, their travel partners. Yeah. And uh, I said, sure, no problem. So they brought over uh, two representatives from there and... Um, that went well and then I said look what about a DJ competition there's an awful lot of Irish DJs they don't get a shot uh, uh, abroad and um, they said yeah and uh, started with that Uh, myself and um, Shane um, uh, started that and Dave Caffrey is doing it with me now and uh, basically we we, we just go on a hunt to see who's good you know and nine times out of ten the winner's the winner he gets to play on the UMF stage runners up uh, normally are people that have just caught a eye. You know, they're either they're, they're good DJs or they don't get in, you know. Uh, they're they're really good DJs. They're playing the right thing. They have the right attitude. How do you run the competition? Like, how do you do uh, Basically, we'd go around uh, clubs. We, we'd get, we'd put up, uh, like, a post on the Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. and whatever, saying, look, if you're interested, uh, yeah. a, 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 a slot at uh, Ultra. They send in their mixes. We plough through the mixes. Um, don't bother listening or, you know, don't bother. Uh, obviously, just pick the cream yeah. in the certain areas. We've managed to do it north 
north, south, east, west. Uh, so we're, we're getting a feel for every part of the country, you know. Yeah. And um, we just found some absolutely incredible DJs, you know, uh, not necessarily the winners. Uh, we always stay in touch, and depending on what they're like, you know, if we get a chance to give them a spot, we will give them a spot. Great. And uh, basically, and, uh, and that's it, and it's gone from strength to strength. I think it was 2015, I... Uh, I got asked if I'd play the main stage. Uh, now, they did bring people over to Ireland to see what I was like. Um, at the time, I was resident in the right venue in El Divino. So, yeah. uh, you've been, you played been El Divino, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, uh, it was good. And I think I played in the Foundry in Carlo. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, so all the gigs went well. So, everything was in my favour. And, uh, yeah, I was on. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, that was, that was great. And um, then I played the main stage again. And this year I played Renaissance, or Renaissance, Resistance, yeah. which I love. I, I love house, tech house, techno. Yeah. And, um, uh, and uh, I would say for the last three years, we would have brought over about 20 Irish DJs each time. Amazing. We'd get them slots on the boat parties, Beachville, yeah. and uh, a few of the better lads would play on uh, the UMF stage. That's you know? amazing. And, um, it, it, it's really attitude. And, and, and it was the boat party, I told you it was a fantastic boat party. Every single DJ just it just went in perfect. You know yourself. Yeah. It's so rare that a flow of a night will go it. so well, and, and it just went absolutely perfectly. Nice. You know, and uh, and these are guys severely hungover. One guy, I I, I don't know how he survived. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, was, well. he was wearing a sailor's outfit. It was so hot, and just the sweat and Jeez. the the hangoverness and the DTs. Oh, I don't know how we lived through it. So, but, so, so if we, we take it back a bit because we, we diverted. Yeah. To, 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 no, no, to just ultra that, yeah. which is amazing. But so from, um, did you say it was the red box and the pod that you first sort of started? So that, that would have been the first huge. And then, yeah. and then, because obviously you just mentioned the, the right venue. Yeah. I'd like to hear a little bit about that. And yeah. obviously El Divino was in Belfast. Yeah. So how has your career spanned, you know, from that point of, of you know, coming back from Germany and, and getting into those, those first venues? How, as a kind of a professional DJ, has has that sort of time span? Uh, I, I mean, like like every DJ, you know, it's a roller coaster. You have good years, bad years, you know. You have, you know, great great times, and then you could just be a lull. It just happens, you know. And yeah. there's uh, nothing you can do. It could be the change in the music. I mean, there was about three years R and B and hip hop ruled everything. Yeah. And then the and did you you played that like you? you would, uh, yeah, you, I have no problem playing. Be, yeah. I, I wouldn't be a fan, but yeah. uh, I I. I, I Completely appreciate yeah, that. And obviously, you know, I get it. You know, we, yeah. we all want to play our thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you are a gigging DJ. You're, you're paid to play yeah. to entertain the crowd, you know. Yeah. And if they want to hear that, that's what you give them, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, versatility is everything. I mean, yeah. if if you don't, if you only have your one genre of music, yeah. you you're, you're either going to be the, the best so, at it yeah, and so successful, people, or else yeah. you're going to be broke. And how have you seen like? Because I'm always really interested. I go to any city, and yeah. I always want to know how have you seen Dublin nightlife. Change over the sort of past ten years. Would that be about the same amount of time? I, I would say longer. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, again, we don't want to go down the the grumpy old DJ route, but uh, I mean, um, th- things were completely different uh, back in, in in the day. I mean, uh, you, you know, you could talk about whatever drugs people were using. You know, like I mean, um, ecstasy would have been huge then. 
uh, and there was no trouble. I remember going into a, a nightclub yeah. and there was rough people everywhere. And yeah. I said to my friends, no, 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 this is going to kick off. And, and this is my naivety. Everyone was so nice and friendly. Like, these guys as rough as you could meet, putting their arms around me, going, all right, man, how are you doing? I was like, people are so friendly. And my friends are all just pissing themselves, laughing, going, and, and I'm like, what? Like, I really thought this was going to kick off. But they're so nice. Like, there's real love in this room. <laughs> and it didn't dawn on me. Why? And then, uh, of course, you have, you know, um, uh, you know, people in all walks of life taking cocaine everywhere. And it's kind of changed things. Okay. People are a bit more aggressive and stuff, so you know that does affect club how, life. And how about sort of the venues? The venues get bigger, get smaller. Yeah, but get... Bars have got bigger without okay. a doubt. Um, the... So what time do clubs open till in Dublin on a weekend now? Uh, legally, I think half two. Okay. Yeah. And uh, bars open to a similar sort of time. Bars are open to a similar time. And that's so the fucking killer. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if the if the nightclubs could stay open till Six. four four five o'clock in the morning, even yeah. you know, a it would break down uh, the amount of people uh, uh, on the street yeah, at the at one that time, time morning, yeah. uh, people are going it means the clubs can continue there's more employment you know it's it's a no-brainer I mean the clubs now the clubs did have it good and kind of took advantage of the punters for a long time the right venue wasn't in Dublin, or was it just outside? Oh, it literally, it's it's about ten minutes. Yeah, from so here. it's just yeah. out. Yeah, it's outside yeah. of the centre. Of yeah, yeah. So it's, it's in an industrial cause, estate. Cause that was kind of a, a thing, wasn't it? In the sort of, I know, like the sort of, like the after the millennium, like these big clubs. I remember going to one in York. I yeah. remember going to one in like Glasgow. Like they opened these big clubs. That were outside of the city centre, yeah, which yeah, is sort yeah, of dest- yeah. they've Destination. They've all but gone now, and I, I well, can't hardly uh, think of any that are. Open well, well, now. The, the reason being, uh, I, I think, is is a really obvious one. There's no feeder pubs, so if people yeah. if people would have to come from the city out here, it's about fifty euros. And if a doorman decides to refuse you. You've you've no options, you so know. So people used to get a taxi out. Well, they would either do that or else they would be living nearby. And so they just, they, then they kind of right. you know you hear a lot of people on the south of Dublin wouldn't go over here because right. it was it's too, too much of a gamble, you know. Yeah. And like I mean, you know, uh, you know, if they had three, four feeder pubs in that locality, yeah. it could have worked. You know, it could have definitely and how worked. How long were you a resident at the right venue? Uh, I did the Saturday nights main floor just over two years. Which was pretty. That was a long time for uh, that venue. Were you they know? doing guests at that time? As oh well? yeah, yeah, you, yeah. So no, what they were sort doing of guests. guests were you playing with at that um, time? God, um, Dave Morales, wow. um, uh, Pete Tong, uh, Paul Oakenfold, wow, Afrojack, uh, Hardwell, Jeez. Nicky Romero, um, Carl Cox didn't play, which was sad. He was nearly on the books. That's, there, that's, that's an amazing yeah. kind of. I know they did a huge lineup. I, I mean, I'm just thinking like. And a, would they always headline? You would do warm up, and they would like headline. Is oh, that if they happen? were playing, they're the headliners. Oh yeah. God, I mean, but they would yeah. play last. They would close the venue. Could, oh, could, oh could yeah, but no, not always. There, there was some DJs would finish you, before that, and then I'd wrap off the night. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean. Um, there was a couple of DJs I won't mention who were just shocking, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, they would be like, "Oh, you know, I think the management or someone would go look. Th- thanks very much." Or say, "Say to the region, that's grand, you know." And uh, you'd have to come in and try and rescue them, like you know. Uh, and you know, no, no disrespect to them, it could just be the wrong crowd for them, you know. Like I mean, they they, they were booked, you do, know. Yeah. So so you know, the people booking them should know what they do, you know. Yeah, I touched. I was I was in. Um, Riga in Latvia last week. I was talking to a guy there, a bit of a like you know local legend. Yeah. Um, he was part of the Watt Brothers actually. But anyway, but he was. We had this conversation about you know resident DJs and guest DJs, and it's just the same thing. Like a lot of guest DJs just 
they they're not resident DJs, so they just bring what they have. Yeah, yeah. And they do what they have. Yeah, yeah. But if that's not working, yeah. there's no other gears. There's nowhere to go. Uh, okay, listen. I, again, I won't mention names now, but I know a DJ who was on serious, serious money for a student gig, and I would say about three songs into his set, his agent, who I'm friendly with, came up and said, "Will you help me out here?" And and basically, we were doing a back-to-back set using my music and me suggesting, "Look, play that." Picking what I swear to God, and this guy was. I'm just like. God, man, if I could get 10% of your fucking wage, you know, I'd be laughing here. Uh, you know, that sort of money. So I was really surprised at that. I was like, you know, these guys, these students are after forking out, hand over fist. Um, yeah, like, I mean, they should have known what he plays. But, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he, he couldn't do it. You know, he didn't have the, the flexibility. And you, you, you're you going to get that in a lot of younger, more successful DJs. They play what they want. You also touched it. on it before about that kind of producer... DJ yeah. thing, which is a lot of the time. Sometimes now, these guys get escalated to certain levels. No, I don't. Because, I have no problem. With no, no, it. but yeah, because yeah. they're a producer. Oh yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. And then, that, and then, that, and then they're yeah. put into. I mean, even with Avicii, in the sense that you know, not, I'm not commenting on his DJ skills, yeah. but ultimately, he didn't really want to be in front of those people yeah, playing yeah, music. He yeah, really wanted yeah. to be in a studio doing his making thing. Music. Yeah, yeah. That it, was the sad thing about the yeah. whole thing, you know, is that you could see he wasn't. And like, I just, yeah, my my, my question mark is like. Why didn't he just say no? That's it. I'm have done. you watched? Yeah. Uh, have you watched the documentary? I, I, I haven't. No, no I, I mean I've watched uh, stuff. He, he basically on it. did. Yeah, yeah. And, and then basically and, just forced him to keep doing. Yeah, you see, that's ter- <laughs> you know, but that's terrible. You know, like I mean, it's like um, the whole. I mean, uh, like at, at Ultra Europe, I saw uh, a very well-known DJ, and you know, he just couldn't be arsed. You know, you know when they can't be arsed, and like he played four of his own tunes none of them would have been released in the last four years and you're smiling on I think I know who you mean <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then went on to really obvious stuff and I was like look there's no harm you know he's keeping the crowd happy but you know he's in a position now that he should be introducing people to new music you know not necessarily his own you know but like anyone's new music you know I think a lot of the DJs who have been given a chance they step up to the plate and go yeah. right and they will practice and learn what they're yeah. doing and stuff and then you know I feel uh, then I see the other side of that coin is I was at ADE and a guy came up to me and said oh I'm gonna go six minutes into your set and I was like Okay, well, look, I have no problem with that. You know, he was on before me, and I was like, uh, why is that? And he goes, my set is one hour and six minutes. I was like, oh, man. I said, look, uh, it would it be too obvious to say maybe cut one of your chins? Or, or is it that pre-recorded? I didn't know I, I don't it think was. we can be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, know, I know you're on a time scale, yeah. um, so I'm going to wrap up the podcast in the same way that we always wrap up the podcast. Yeah. John gave the most... Eloquent. No, just <laughs> ridiculous answer, which I loved, but um, it, I've never heard an answer like it. So, how we wrap up the podcast every time is I'm going to ask you to kind of curate your dream gig. So, basically, you can name the venue. Mm-hmm. It can be a club, it can be a bar, it can be a mate's kitchen, it can be somewhere that exists, or it can just be somewhere that's just, you know, fantastic fantasy of your mind. Yeah. But yeah. we need a venue. Okay. And then we need three acts. Okay. Opening, middle, close. But I'm not saying headlines, so it doesn't, you know, yeah, 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 that, yeah. just because you're on last doesn't mean you're headlining. Yeah, yeah. You can be on that lineup. Yeah. Or you can just curate this show as something that you want to go and be part oh, of. Jesus. So, I'm looking first off, Rory, for a venue where we're going to hold this, sh- this shindig. Oh, God, you see now the venue would change who the lineup is, and you're throwing it out there. We're sort of wrapping it up. Jesus. Okay, so let's say, um, oh, 
God. <laughs> Jesus. And he knew off the straight away. He, he was like... Uh, you, you, you have to listen to his to really? hear his answer. Just instantly. It, oh, it was, yeah. Oh. Launched into it. Yeah, I can't even think of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a, no, you threw me when, you know, I could think of a venue. I could say, yes, oh, that would be a fantastic venue. But then would a better venue be a smaller venue, like the sitting room type thing? Christ. Uh, okay, I'm going to say a beer garden. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say a beer garden. Is it, have, you got, have you got one in mind, or is it just sort of a generic beer a garden? Generic with a generic beer garden. With a big sound system and a set of decks? A, a, a big sound system. Sunny afternoon? Uh, definitely a sunny nice. afternoon, but not too hot. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, now, I'm Irish. I don't want to get burnt, you know? <laughs> come so, on now! Yeah, okay, so we will kick off the show with... And this is going to be weird, but I think we'll kick off the show with Sasha and Digweed. Cool. Like okay. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're coming in. And, you know, this is going to be a long day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and after Sasha and Digweed... Because um, they've got to play at least, like, what, four or five hours? I, I would say three to four hours. Three to yeah, four. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, give them their nice comfort yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, I would have... Seating at the very back of the venue, yep, for, but just, just just so people can just and some umbrellas yeah, for yeah. Sasha. For oh, oh, there, there yeah, will there yeah. will be yeah. uh, umbrellas yeah. everywhere. <laughs> uh, great sound system, uh, but so, you know you can still see the sky. Yeah, you know you got to yeah. see the sky yeah. and um, drink a plenty. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they're doing their thing. Who comes on who, after who's, that? Who's on in the middle? Um, in the middle, it has to be someone to kind of broker this deal. I will go with. Um, Timo Mas. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Timo nice. Mas. I've always just loved his stuff. And then... Don't see enough uh, of him these days. No, like. no. He's beginning to come back a I bit now. I saw him at DC yeah. 10 a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago, and yeah. I didn't even know he was on the lineup. Yeah. I walked into, yeah. like, the indoor... Before they changed it. Mm. And I walked into the little indoor room, and I was like, me and my mate, I was like, it's not fucking Timo Mas. And I remember we when... We just lost our shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, like, oh, some of the stuff he's done, I was like, it's still fantastic. But you couldn't uh, move yeah. for Timo Mas at yeah. one point. Yeah. Like, oh, he was yeah, front I, cover I, of Mixed Mag. Yeah, and, like, oh, you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. couldn't move for Timo and, Mas. And I remember when he came to Dublin, um, uh, he played in the Temple Theatre, and um, Richie was the manager there, and I remember him telling me the story, saying uh, he got a text going, the plane will be landing at 12.05, Taking into consideration customs and grabbing my gear and stuff, I should be out by 12.22. If you could have someone there to pick me up and bring me to the venue so I can do a sound check, you then take me to the hotel and uh, I will I will rest for a while before making my way to the gig. I'll be at the gig 30 to 45 minutes before the gig. And he said he was laughing at all this, you know, because he's saying all this to Irish people, you know. And then it was, uh, and Richie said, the most technically perfect set oh, he's yeah, ever yeah. heard in his life yeah. he said he was it came up with surprises he brought it up and down but just not a flaw yeah. uh, in it so yes so we're in a sunny but not too hot beer yeah, yeah. So he, and he's brought it just to a, kind of a, a progressive funky yeah. sort of level progressive yeah, love it. yeah and uh, then who who Rory is finishing off this yeah. daytime soiree well I go over and I hug Tim I'll thank him for warming up for me and then uh, you finish off. <laughs> no, no, I just, no, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, as much as I'd love to play at that, uh, no, it wouldn't fit in. So I would finish off. And the reason I'm picking this is solely based on the set I saw him play at Resistance. And this will sound unusual, but it's literally based on what, what's fresh in my head. And 
Richie Hawthorne. Cool. He played one of the best sets uh, any of us saw. Now, we were, like, on the stage with him. Lovely guy as well. Yeah. And he just... And I, I know sometimes it'll be minimal techno and very subtle and Michael Dennis Van Veith sort of uh, yeah. route. He hammered the daylights out of this thing nice. and from the get-go just had the audience in the palm of his hand I mean there's a million other DJs you can mention Carl oh, Carl Cox yeah, yeah. All, you know, I, know, the, I remember the, seeing him you know so and nice, like yeah. I mean I, I love Marco Carolla as well yeah uh, but no I, we've got our lineup yeah we've yeah. got our lineup we're gonna yeah. do we're gonna do Sasha Digweed Timo Mass Sven um Richie, Richie, Richie Hot, now yeah. I've only got one stipulation for this yeah. it's got to be five five euro ticket Five euro ticket. You happy with that? Okay, we, we're going to need a bigger beer garden I think, to cover the <laughs> right. uh, the bill. Wait, but yeah, cool. Right, we've yeah. done so. We've done on the time that you said. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank it's you so a, much for absolute pleasure. the chat, Rory. Thank yeah. you very much. Cheers, mate. And um, hopefully we'll see each other soon. Cheers, mate. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye. Thank you. Felix Leiter's in the house. The podcast about DJs, what they do, and who they are.